Wow. That was so encouraging. Thank you to the worship team. Thank you guys so much. That was amazing. Especially our teens that were up here, Brianna, Samaya, and VJ. That was so fun. Uh, you know, when you see people using their gifts for God, it, it's, there's something special about that, especially when you know the person, right? If it would have just been any teens up here singing, it would have been like, oh, cool, young people. But it, when you see people that you, you know and have a relationship with, and you know their families, it's just like, wow, this is, this is really special. And uh, I, I really was moved by that. So thank you guys, and thank you to Roy and the other guys here. You know, I know uh, just made me grateful for uh, Roy and Alicia. It just feels like God is answering a lot of prayers right now. I don't know if you've had a season where you feel like God is answering a lot of prayers. I feel like he's, he's doing that in a special way, and I think the teens being up there, and just a couple years ago when Roy and Alicia came to join us, they were an answer to an amazing amount of prayers. Like our our uh, our team ministry has been transformed by God using them and just having them up here worship today was kind of like, wow, you know, incredible. And then we had Amory up here last week. And I'm like, man, this is just like the worship team. If you want to like God to work in your life, I mean, the worship team seems like the place to be. And then, uh, you know, having Jason and Justine here today, it's just such an answer prayer. I feel like we were praying for you guys two and a half years ago, and we were like, yes, 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 yes. And God's like, no, 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 no. And then to see how God brought that all the way around, now that you guys are finally here, uh, we they came up, they kind of came here the long way to come by the camping trip and it was just so cool just to have them up there and have her Hannah playing with all the girls and uh, it's just like man God is doing some amazing and miraculous things so we look forward to welcome you next week we're going to kind of make a big welcome etc but uh, it's just great to have you guys here and I feel like it's it's super encouraging uh, speaking of the camping trip I took a couple pictures there and it just was amazing this this was the, uh, Manny. Manny actually took this picture of the, the campfire there. I thought that was just so cool, singing songs last night and just praising God. And uh, what turned out to be one of the really special kind of quiet moments, every evening Danielle and I would kind of go over to the this little place where we could have a good view of the sunset and just get to be together and just enjoy God's creation. And it just hit me, you don't have to go on vacation or up camping to slow down and experience God. You know, you, you, you don't have to be a, in a rush every day. You can actually take some time. And sometimes we're in such a rush that we forget to slow down. And it, it takes us getting going camping or something to realize, wow, God is, God is here. There's a, I can enjoy this sunset every day. I could take 10 minutes, take in the sunset, and have a prayer time with God. I don't have to be up in the mountains to do that. So that was just good to, to remember. And just... Um, you know how God uh, how God works in an amazing way. I mean, I one I really just enjoyed the time to be able to process all that's going on in life these days. You know, we had long drive up there, long drive back, trying to pull my tra- little trailer up the mountain was quite an experience. But being able to just process life, and sometimes we feel tired because we're not. We're not giving our lives to God. 
It's like one thing's coming after the next, and we just take it, and it's just like things are just piling up, and next thing you know, we're carrying the whole world on our shoulders. And sometimes it's not even that we're not doing well spiritually. It just means that we haven't really talked to God about all this stuff happening in our lives. And that was me. As we were coming down the mountain, we're talking, we're talking. I was like, man, no wonder I'm tired. There's a lot of stuff, and I haven't, you know, got to process and kind of prioritize and all those things that God helps us to figure out how to do life. And, you know, that's another good lesson for me. I don't need to go away to, fit, to be able to process life with God. And um, this, this week was kind of an outdoor week for me. My hands just feel like so dry right now. I, I, don't even, I can't even take it because this was the one week that Chloe was home. And so we ended up climbing Mount Whitney on Tuesday. And so the whole day I'm wondering, like, why did I get myself into this thing? But it was like it's been this whole big COVID thing where we, we, we spent time together. We climbed one mountain. That was fun. We, we decided, hey, let's do another one. And now we finally ended up with Mount Whitney. And I, as I was there, uh, this was us at the top there. And... Just thinking about it, because I honestly, as I was coming down, it took us 18 hours from start to finish. We started at 2 in the morning. You know, you get up at like 1230 for your day. You know, that was kind of wild. But I realized, even as we were singing today, I was like, you know, the only reason I want to do this is because of my daughter. It's because of a relationship. There's no way that that's not fun by yourself. It's not like, oh, let me go climb this mountain by myself. No, that's that's terrible. But it just made me realize that that is relationships motivate us. Right. Our kids, as Aaron's up here sharing, I mean, our kids, they motivate us. When we had little kids, all I had to do to get motivated was look in the mirror as we were driving, just look in the rearview mirror. Say, why do I want to be a great parent? Why do I want to love God? Why do I want to do the right thing? And I could just look in that mirror and just say, you know, that's why. You know, some of you are grandparents and you look at your grandkids and you go, man, that's why I want to finish strong. That's why I want to love God. And so much of our relationship with God is about relationship with him. That's motivating, that he loves us, that he cares about us. Why would we live this life if God didn't care about us? Like, why would we do this? And I pray that in your walk with God that you can feel motivated, not just because it's the right thing to do, not just because your parents taught you this way or it's in the Bible, but because you're, you're connected to God, that you love, he know, you know you love, he loves you. And you're motivated by that to do things, and you're like, why am I doing this? Because God loves me. Because God's with me. Because God has been there for me. And, and that makes sense out of things that wouldn't ever make sense, like our hike here. And at the end of our hike, we kept praying that it wouldn't rain, but it ended up raining for like three hours on us on the way down. But right before it rained, we got the view of this, this rainbow. And I was just like, wow, that is amazing. If it didn't, you can't really see it. It doesn't look as good as one person. But it just was God just saying, man, I love you guys. I love, you know, you're going to make it, and we barely made it. But God always has a promise for us, even in hard times. And I don't want to over-spiritualize my, my mountain trip, but it was really a lot of fun. And um, why don't we say a prayer as we get started with the service. Uh, Father, we do thank you for these times.
We thank you that you're teaching us every single day, God, that you're putting people and things and opportunities in our lives. I pray that we can have eyes that see, that we can take the time to slow down and listen to you, that we don't have to live our lives tired, but we can live our lives with you. I pray that today that you can move in, in this short time, that your word will come alive, that you'll speak to us as we've been digging into this passage, that you will continue to help it to motivate us in our walk with you. We love you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So today we're going to look at Luke chapter 5. Last week we looked a little bit at Luke chapter 4, and we kind of been focusing on a passage that we're going to see in a minute, but just really what motivated Jesus? You know, what is what was his mission statement? You know, why did he do the things that he did? Why did he... What got him going? And we're going to look at a passage right after he starts his ministry. But last week, remember, he, he preached his first sermon. Everything was going really good. Then he started saying that God loved the Gentiles also and that, you know, the prophet has no honor in his hometown. And the next thing you know, in his very first sermon, they tried to kill him. And then the next week, he goes to another city and probably preaches the same exact sermon and has all these amazing miracles. What was the difference? It wasn't Jesus. He was the same. The difference was how he was received. And so that's kind of a good thing that when we're receiving God, that not all of it is what the Bible says. A lot of it is what we see in it, how we're responding. And so we're going to see a few guys here that respond to Jesus today. And we're going to spend our time here Uh, starting in verse 1 of Luke chapter 5. It says, One day, as Jesus was standing by the Sea of Galilee, the people were crowding around him, listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water and let down your nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that the nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord. I'm a a sinful man. For he and his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. So they pulled up their boats on shore, left everything, and followed him. And so what I love this passage. This is one of my favorite passages. And every time I I read it, I see a little bit something different. Today, what I saw that was different was that Jesus was preaching to the crowds, but then he was having a very private conversation with Peter. I always thought that he was having this conversation with Peter, like kind of a part of the sermon. So everybody was listening in. And he, he, this time I could see him just talking to Peter and said, okay, Peter, now let's go, 
Let's go put out into deep waters. And he's saying, well, I don't know that that's, that's not a great idea, but I'm going to do it anyways because you're the Lord. And, and then you see what happens. But I love that Jesus wanted to get personal. You know, when you look at his parables, when you read through the New Testament, almost every one of them is personal for somebody there. It's not just like this general thing. Because of who's there, that's the parable that he chose. And we're going to look at this passage that we just read in light of this mission statement that we've been looking at. So we've gone through this passage right here for like six weeks. Because it is, I believe, this is the kingdom of God. This is what Jesus came to do. And he says, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And so this was truly a... The Lord's favor. I mean, he gave them so much favor, they could hardly even bring it into shore. And But we're going to look just briefly at each part of this and how this mission fit into his daily life. That's really what we're all here for, right? It's not just to get inspired at church, but it's to, how does this mission affect your life? How is it going to affect my life tomorrow? And, and, and so we're going to look here a little bit at Jesus, and hopefully the Lord will will speak to you here. First of all, he says, I come to bring good news to the poor. And so he's preaching from the boat, and probably almost everybody up there would be some people that we would consider poor. Right? They weren't in the synagogues. They weren't in the cities. They were just out in the countryside. They heard about Jesus. Maybe they had someone that was healed already. But it just kind of gave me that insight that what do you think they did with all those fish that they caught? I mean, I don't know what they did, but I know what I would do. It's like, oh, this is amazing. We got all these fish. We're going to have a fish fry. Right? We're all going to eat. So he was giving them the word of God, and they were hungry for it. But he was giving them good news to the poor. You know, he come to give us good news. We may feel like we're rich, and we are in a lot of ways. But there's areas that we're poor. There's areas that we're really good at, and there's areas we go, oh, man, I don't even want to talk about that. That's what it means to be poor spiritually. And I was so encouraged even this week on the camping trip talking to to our sister Paige right here. She didn't know I was going to bring her up here. But she serves uh, disabled individuals for her job, and she was so excited telling me how God had opened this door for them to serve at a at a local church and, and meeting the needs. I think it's, is it a food bank? At a food bank at St. Margaret's so on Tuesday at 9.30. So if you're ever around, but I was just like, wow, isn't that what God wants us to be? Just looking and open for opportunities. And now her boss is like, she's getting paid to do it now. Her boss is excited for her to take the residents, the, 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 her clients down there. And I was just like, wow, that's, what it means to be like Christ for her. On Tuesday, she brings good news to the poor. Sometimes good news is the word of God. Other times good news is a sandwich. It's a smile. It's a, pack on, it's a pat on the back. And um, so my, my question for us, for me, for you, is how can I bring good news to the poor? First of all, who's poor? 
Who around me is in need? Who, who can I bring good news to? And in order to bring good news, that means you have to have good news to bring. Right? You've got to be filled up with God to be able to pour out good news, or else you just pour out complaints, or you pour out problems, or you pour out whatever. But if you're with God, then you're, you have good news to pour out, even in difficult times. I've had people be in the worst situations, and they're comforting me. And they're sharing how God's working in their life, and I'm, I'm feeling so sorry for them. And yet, sometimes in those moments, you're, you're close to God that you can actually bring good news, even when you're suffering. And so Jesus was there bringing good news to the poor, living out his purpose. And then he says, proclaim freedom for the prisoners. And I had to look a while at this passage to think about who's the prisoner in this passage? Who needs freedom? And the line that stuck out to me was when Jesus said, don't be afraid. Where Peter responded after this catch, it's kind of a weird way to respond. Like it's like somebody gives you this amazing gift and the first thing you say is, get away from me, I'm a sinful man. I'm a sinful woman. Like that's kind of weird. Like that would be strange, right? You give someone this valuable gift and they the first thing they say but it, it just shows how unworthy he felt probably because of what Jesus was saying before the catch of fish about about sin and about life and about how God is, loves you and how much you need to repent and so he blesses him feeling he, he probably left that sermon feeling like man I am no, I'm a nobody Jesus is amazing, and man, I am, I am dirt. And then Jesus, as he's feeling this way, Jesus just blesses him in this amazing miracle. And his first response is, go away from me. I don't deserve this. That's just his, that was just his heart. You could say he was a, he was a prisoner to guilt. He was a prisoner to his own self, it seems, that he could not live up to his own expectations. Sometimes we can be our worst enemy. We can hold ourselves hostage. That inner voice that goes inside of our heads. You're a loser. You did it again. You suck. Sorry to say that at church, but that's what we say to ourselves. That's not, that's not Jesus speaking. That is ourselves speaking. And he's come to set us free from that. To live our lives looking at what are the possibilities of life. What, is, what can God do with you? And not all the times that you failed. Right? I, we all probably have a long list of things. Tell me about all those times. No, that's not talk about. He doesn't want to talk about that. He wants to say, this is where I want you to be. I want you to be free. I want you to live a life that you're not defined by your failures. You're not defined by your weaknesses. You're not defined by your sin. You're not defined by what your, your parents told you or what your boss tells you, what your spouse tells you. You're defined by Jesus, and he has come to set you free. Amen. That was an amazing gift. That was more valuable than all those fish. Recovery of sight for the blind. 
It doesn't say that he healed anybody in this passage. I don't see anybody in here that can't see. But at the end of that passage, when he says, they immediately left their nets and followed him. That tells me that now they really saw Jesus. Because when you see Jesus, when you really see Jesus, it doesn't take you any time to decide. Right? When you're coming around Jesus and you kind of know about Jesus and you hear about Jesus, you're like, oh, I don't know about this. I'm not sure. This is a little too much. It's too hard. But when you really see Jesus, it's like, man, why didn't I do this sooner? This is the best thing that ever happened to me. I'm, I'll leave anything behind to follow Jesus. And there was that moment at the end where they, it says they left their father in the boat. They just, they got it. They're like, I'm not wasting any more time. And so some of us, maybe we don't feel like we're blind, but we're still hesitant. We're still like, oh, I don't know. I'll, I'll go a little bit. I'll take a couple steps, but I, I'm gonna, I want to play it safe. That just tells me that you don't see Jesus. That I don't see Jesus when I'm like that. Because he's got my back. He's got my front. He's got, he knows everything about me. He's got the best life for me. Imagine being there with Jesus and saying, hey, BJ, come, come with me. And BJ going, no, I'm good. But that's what we do. He does that all the time. Go this way. Do that. Do this. Follow me. And we're like, oh, I don't know. It's been a long day. You know, it's 8 o'clock. I mean, my, I'm getting tired. You know, when we, let's be people that are not blind to Jesus when he comes by. Let's be people that are eager when he calls us. Not, not wait around for someone to call. Just, God can call you just on your own. As you're reading your Bible, he calls us. If you sit around and wait for me to call you, you're not going to do anything for Jesus. Because that'll take a long time, and I don't make it a practice of calling everybody that's here. But God is calling you even now, if we're ready to listen. And I pray that even now you're letting go of that hesitancy and that fear and whatever else is holding you back. You say, man, I want to run too. I want to go to Jesus also. He set the oppressed free. I think one of the messages with those fish, there's a lot of them, I'm sure, is just that, hey, I'm going to take care of you. You, did, you worked hard all night. You got nothing on your own, but I'm going to, I got you covered. You're, not, you're never going to go hungry with me. And they had to learn that lesson many, 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 many times. You're never going to get killed with me. You're, it, you're never going to go until it's your time because I'm with you always to the very end of the age. And that little sentence that stood out was, put out into deep waters. Even when it doesn't make sense. To go put out into deep waters. I don't think any of us know, knew how deep the waters were when we started following Christ. Man, he gets into the, our hearts like we never thought possible. He'll bring more Love, pain, sorrow, rejoicing, empathy, all these things that, man, I know I didn't have without Christ. And many of us didn't either, but he wants us to put out into deep waters. 
For some of us, we're like, oh, that is great. I love to get deep. I want to get deep right away. I want to get to the deep depths of my soul and find out what's in there. And if you're like me, I'm just like, oh, no, I don't like that. I don't want to go there. I don't want to get, I don't really want to see who I really am. I know God already knows, but it's hard to see. I don't really want to feel what other people feel or understand what the depths of the world is. Where Jesus looked at the world and at one point he said he would not entrust himself to any person because he knew what was in people. And you said, man, that's, that's deep. He knows what's in our in our depths that we're not even aware of, that we don't even want to talk about. And he still loves us. And I know that he wasn't talking about that in that passage. But when we look at it today, we see, man, there's some deep waters. And I'm so grateful. You know, I know my wife is so grateful, too. Because you can't have a very great relationship if you're not a very deep person. If you can't connect with people, if you can't cry, if you can't be honest, then your relationships are going to really suffer. Because you can only love as much as, as deep as you can go. That's how deep you can love. And there's some of you, when I look around, I go, man, you guys can love deep. Yeah. And others, man, we got to keep getting deeper. And God's going to bless that. That trust. And he, he gave Peter a true purpose that he was going to end up fishing for people. So you know what, Peter? You don't need all this. I'm going, to, I'm, going to, I'm going to show you what real life is. I'm going to give you a real purpose. You're going to influence thousands of people. You're going to change not only just thousands, but you're going to change your mother-in-law's life, your, your wife's life, your kids' lives. That's a deep question of what is our purpose you know where is Jesus who is Jesus leading us to help to save to rescue to learn from because as Christians we we do a lot of helping but other people help us too we, we don't just learn from Christians right we learn from all the people that God's put in our lives there's people out there that teach us things that we're terrible at and they're really good at and I'm amazed at how Peter grabbed a hold of his purpose. And I pray that today that you can grab a hold of your purpose that God has given you to fish for people. And finally, I think finally, yeah, finally, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. This is probably my favorite part. Besides the, the fish there that I think the only reason he gave him all those fish is so he would never forget. Right? He didn't eat all those fish, but he, that's something he was never going to forget. And we're going to talk about that in a minute. But I love the part where it says that Peter saw, I mean, Jesus saw the boats and he went and he stepped into Peter's boat. Right? We all look back now and go, oh, of course, that wasn't an accident. Like, Jesus knew exactly whose boat it was and why he was going in that boat and who Peter was going to become. And he knew his whole life at that point. But, right, even now, he steps into your boat and my boat, 
even before we know what, what's going on. Like God is trying to work on us and reach out to us. And we were up at the camping trip. We read the story. You can look at it later, Luke 15. But it talked about a woman looking for a coin, a lost coin. It said that she put the light on and swept the whole room. And the point wasn't just the coin, but the point was that that's God looking for us. That was God looking for Peter in this story. He said, I've been looking for you. And he stepped into his boat to show him, I'm choosing you, Peter. I want you. I need you. I love you. It's no accident that you're here. And Peter's response kind of showed you why, because he was, he was pretty humble. And he goes through and he talks about the lost sheep and the lost son, and the whole point is that God is coming after us, even when we don't know it. And that's a sermon for another day. But I think the year, the, the Lord's favor was the fact that he was reaching out to Peter. And that he's reaching out to us and he wants to give us true life. As we take our communion today, I have this question. Do you love me? I talked in the beginning about how a relationship changes everything. It, you'll do crazy things when you have a relationship that you're willing to, that you love with all your heart. And so this story that we read today was repeated after Jesus rose from the dead. And many of you know this. You've been reading the Bible for a while. But after he rose from the dead, he came back to Peter and he did this exact same miracle. And he asked him this question. Well, I'll read the, read the passage. It says, he asked him, do you love me? And I'm sure that in that moment, Peter could think back to all those blessings and all those memories and all the time. And that's all that Jesus wanted from Peter. He didn't want him to do all these great things and preach all these great sermons. He just wanted him to love him. And it says, Peter answered yes. And Jesus' response was to feed my sheep. Very, tell you, very truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you dressed yourself. And you went where you wanted. But when you were old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will lead you where you do not want to go. I'm sure that Peter did not know that was going to happen in that first time that Jesus stepped into his boat. Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. And then he said to him, follow me. And I pray that we can have that same spirit when Jesus asks each of us, do you love me? Because we have no idea what's coming for us. We have no idea all the miracles that he's going to do through us. If you're anything like me, I don't even want to think about what that last part is. Someone else is going to lead you when you're older where you don't want to go. I don't even want to think about that. But all, all that Peter knew was that, hey, you loved me this far and you're going to love me to the very end. And I pray that today that we're inspired to follow Jesus.
And we're inspired to put that passage into our lives and think about how can I bring good news to the poor? How can I set people free? How can God use me to help people see? And I pray that we can answer that question affirmatively that we love Jesus because he loved us. Let's pray. We take our communion. Father, we thank you for this time. We thank you that you have stepped into all of our boats, whether we have, were asking for you or not. God, thank you that you came to, to set us free. You came to change our, our lives, to change the purpose of our lives, to change the direction of our lives. Lord, you came to bless our lives. You came to be there for us. You came to carry us. You came to search for us. You came to answer our prayers. You came to do for us what we couldn't do for ourselves. You came to lift us up to be with you forever. God, I pray that as we take communion, that we can be motivated by your sacrifice. That we can be motivated not just by what you did, but why you did it. The what is pretty powerful and pretty intense. But the why is even more intense, God, that you loved us that much. Thank you for your body and your blood that you broke and you shed for us. Help us to live for you and to be motivated this week and every week to come to follow you. We love you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.